Praise the Lord. This is Sister Dagan here at Hope Apostolic greeting you one more time. Um, I have a lesson today that I want to share with you that God has been placing on my heart. But before we do that, let's pray because I want my mind to be zeroed in and focused and flowing in the Holy Ghost. I want to be able to impart today. And so let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for the joy of the Holy Ghost. For you, Lord God, are my strength. You are my shield and you are my buckler. Lord God, I ask that you would reach down today in this lesson, that you would touch each and every person, Lord God, that you would encourage, that you would strengthen, Lord God, that you would minister through your vessel. Lord God, I pray today that I would hide behind the cross, Lord God, and I would look to you, that I would lean to you, Lord God. I worship you and I glorify your name, Lord God. Help me, Lord God. Use my words, Lord God. Give me your words, Lord God, that they would flow forth and encourage and strengthen someone today in Jesus' name. Today I want to talk to you about something that's so personal and so um, dear to my heart. Um, I want to talk to you today about prayer. Prayer. Um, when, When you hear the word prayer, what is something that you automatically think of? Um, What emotion do you feel that just ignites within you? When you hear the word prayer, is it just, oh, she said another word? Or or do you feel great passion? Do you feel a tugging? Do you feel joy? Do you feel a peace? Um, Do you have questions that maybe start popping up in your mind? Maybe something you're thinking, oh, what's that? What What can I talk to God about? What can I pray about? Or... Do you have a memory that comes into your mind? When, it, when you hear the word prayer, I know when I say prayer, I have all of these different emotions that come to me. I have these different memories of different prayer meetings that I had that I've been able to bow down and just touch the feet of my master where I've been into the Holy of Holies and, and I have felt his presence so strong upon me. That's what I want for you today. I, I, I want you, when you hear the word prayer, I want you to have such a desire and hunger that you would thirst for more and more of him to know him. Prayer, it is a practice. It's a discipline that hopefully we all have, that we all participate in. But it's something that we must grasp a hold of as a lifeline of hope of living, of feeling, transforming ourselves through our transparency, through a vulnerability with our creator, being able to let down that guard. I know that's not always easy for me to do. Prayer, prayer, that humble communication in thought and in speech between me and God, between you and God. It's it's my life source. It's it's my place of death, but it's also my place of renewal. It's that secret place. It's that special place that I can go and hide. It's the tower that I run into and I bow my head to my master. It's a place where I have learned that there must be constant repositioning of my soul, not just of my soul, but of my mindset, of my heart, of of my desires, of my dislikes. It's a lifestyle that is created. It's cultivated. 
Amen. It's a practice that is set aside where everything stops. Everything is still. And I take a spiritual inventory of myself. A place of realignment after the ways of the cross instead of the weight and the cares of this world. Prayer. It's a lifelong journey traveled upon by many, but realized only by some the true power of deliverance that it truly provides. Finding the strength to pray. The prayer. Amen. Sometimes those prayers that are the hardest to pray, where you truly are able to place yourself up on the altar, praying that God would change me. Many times I hear people say, I prayed today. Good job. I'm glad you prayed today. I prayed today. And they've finished. They check it off their box. And they say, I've I've done it. I've already done it. So I've achieved my goal. But prayer, it's not something that you just check off your box. Prayer should be a mindset. It's The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, that, that in everything that we do, in prayer, in supplication, in each step that I take, in each walk that I walk, anything that I do, everything that I say or do, that I'm doing in prayer. So God, help me to find the strength to not to stop. Help me to find the strength, Lord God, to continue to pray and to find the strength To pray those hardest prayers. Praying that God would change me. That would change me and transform me into his image. Help me, Lord God, to stop focusing on those things and those voices that are around me. Even right now. As I ask him to change the situation. But instead of allowing him and asking him to change this thing and that thing. God, that you would help me. And that you would change me. Change me, Lord Jesus, into thy image. Change me, Lord Jesus, into thy likeness. What would happen if every day, consistently, we ask this of our Savior? What would happen if every day I would come focused with a mindset and I would release all of the emotions of the day or, or just every weight that has come upon me and I would just focus on him and I would just magnify him. The Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. When we magnify him, we're making him bigger. We're making him larger. Amen. What if we allowed the light of the Holy Ghost to reveal our fleshly imperfections, allowing him to shine his light? God, you see me. Shine your light upon me. Shine your light upon my imperfections. What would happen if we took to heart and realized that Second Chronicles 7 and 14 is written not just to anyone, but it's written to the people, the people of the name, the people of the way. The scripture says, if my people... He's talking to the ones that are walking the way. He's talking to the ones that have taken up their cross. Those that have identified themselves as following after the apostles' doctrine. Those people that are walking the straight and narrow way, that that narrow path. If my people who are called by my name, God lets me know. He's speaking to the people that, that bear his name. 
My people who are called by my name humble themselves, bowing before me and submitting their will to me, submitting their self-desires or their emotions, the emotions of their flesh, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, turning from those secret places, those hidden places of the heart, those things that are done in dark. The Bible tells us that those things will be brought to light. He says, then, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their lands, meaning their territory, the place of their belonging, that circle that they're in. This is an if-then statement. If you do this, then I will do that. Having that intimate relationship with Christ. Praying, asking that a light would be shined upon ourselves. Not worrying about the imperfections by those that are around. But focusing first on my inconsistencies and asking that I would be changed. Focusing on maybe my moat and my beam instead of worrying about my brother or my sister. I have so many things that I need God to work on. Some days it becomes consuming. Not that I'm not praying for this one or praying for that one, but the point that I'm trying to get across is that I have to be consistent day by day asking God, just going into prayer and supplication to him and asking and praying that he would change me into his image. See, we're all on a journey. We're all on this journey now that as we've met at the cross of justification, we're on that journey of sanctification, justification, on my way on this journey to glorification, traveling towards perfection, traveling towards heaven. How does that happen? By sanctifying your heart, sanctifying your life, sanctifying your will, everything about me, God. Oh, that I would lift up clean hands and a pure heart, and I would call upon you, O Lord. God, that you would search me. God, that you would find no immorality in me and no evil in me and no thing that is contrary to you. Oh, God, that you would purge me as hyssop, with hyssop, as it says in Psalms, that you would purge me and cleanse me. Oh, that my words would be alive and living because I have spent time with the life giver And when they come forth from my mouth, my words, the words that I'm speaking, that they would be alive and laden with salt so that I can offer the refreshing water of his Holy Spirit to my brother or sister who is down, to my brother or my sister who is hurting so that I could have that refreshing well flowing, cleansed out of me, that the water of the Spirit would flow out of my belly That it would be living. Amen. And that I would have a word that is fitly spoken. I want to change my world. I don't want it to just be me and my family. But I I want to make a difference in this world. How do I do that? Definitely not being myself. Meaning consumed with myself. Just focusing on myself. But being consumed with him. 
being transformed by him and the renewing of my mind that I would walk forth with him again comes in my spirit again clean hands and a pure heart amen having an engaging prayer meaning that my prayer is focused focused on him a prayer that is true that touches every corner of my heart and mind that it is effectual and it's fervent I know I can't be the only one that's gone into prayer before and my mind's in 14 different places I have to arrest my mind and pull it back in so that I'm able to walk forward in Christ, being focused on him, engaged in prayer. Do you like to talk to somebody who's not really engaged? They're looking all around. You can tell they're not really thinking about what you're saying. Or maybe they're already thinking of a rebuttal instead of really listening to you. No, they're not engaged in the conversation. How much more should I be with Christ? Be engaged and focus upon him. Praying a trusting prayer. A praying, a praying a trusting prayer that's allowing myself to be vulnerable with him. Vulnerable with my creator. Knowing that he is the, he is the potter and I am the clay. That I would willingly put myself upon his wheel. That he can make me and mold me. That he would knead out those imperfections. So that when I am in the furnace of affliction... That I'm not consumed by my own lust. Or that I not, not, I might, you know, I wouldn't explode. Because that's what happens whenever clay goes into a kill. And they put the heat on it. And if there is an imperfection in there. Or if there's air bubbles in there. And, and that, that clay has not been worked just right. Then that, that pottery will explode. I don't want to be that way. I want to allow him to knead that out. I want to place myself upon the rock. So that I can be broken. Amen. Knowing that I would rather be in his hands. The hands of a just God. Being broken by him. Than sitting alone. In a dry and a barren land. Knowing. By examples of testimonies that have gone before me. I've been studying this workbook. It's it's called Life Grid. And it's wonderful. And it's about the books of in the Bible of poetry. And um, those are some of my favorites besides Philippians. But those are some of my favorites, especially in the Old Testament, of course, you know. And then I, I'm reading it and it talks about how Job and Job is part of that doing in, on the life grid. And then you have Proverbs but that is also on that doing. But you have Job that's on the dark side of that doing, that he's finding himself, that he's done all these great and mighty things for God. He, he's, he's been consistent. He's been faithful. And then what happened? He's lost everything. And his family and his friends are coming to him and saying, you just need to curse God. You need to just walk away from God. But he's consistent. And then the other part of the life grid, it's part of that relationship with God. And then you have Ecclesiastes. And you hear, you have Solomon, who in Song of Solomon, of course, he's living his best life. And then here in Ecclesiastes, everything is just falling apart. And we see that as he's walking through this life, that he's ready to give up, but he won't. Why? Because he knows that he's just got to put one foot in front of the other. He's tired. He's weary. No, he has to persevere. He has to continue forward. Hold on to that thought. I'm going to come back to that in a little bit. But also having a humbling prayer, placing myself upon the altar. I just talked about that. But dying to myself, asking that this flesh, my desire, my self-will, 
would be cut away, a daily death where I provide the sacrifice for consumption, consumption by his fire, while he, my deliverer, provides the fire of sanctification and deliverance. Having a transforming prayer, praying until my character has changed, having the courage to look in the mirror. Can you do that? Just look at yourself in the mirror and really see yourself. Be honest with yourself. I think so many times that we forget to do that. Look in the mirror and look at your character. Not so much looking at the image that's looking back at you, but look at your character. Look at the person that you are within and see yourself for who you really are and and what you are and allowing yourself to be submitted to the conforming power of the Holy Ghost, admitting that you have these imperfections, admitting that you have these 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 things that that are not so good in your clay. Understanding that the potter has some places that he needs to work and to need. But if you continue to go in prayer and you say, no, I'm fine. I've done that so many times. I've gone into prayer and I'm like, I'm fine and I'll pray for this one and I'll pray for that one and their needs and this and that. And then I fail to realize that maybe I'm not walking fully in the fruits of the Spirit. Maybe I'm not walking fully in His love. Maybe I'm not fully walking in kindness. Oh, God, that you would search me. God, that you would, that you would cleanse me. That you would purge me of any impurity. Taking responsibility for any carnality and imperfections. So that I can pray and connect to my Creator. Praying that prayer that it unites my humanity with His divinity. I want to be connected to Jesus. Don't you want to be connected to Jesus? Why would we allow anything to stand in the way? Take down the walls today. Take down the hindrances today. Take away the imperfections. Take away the weight. Not necessarily sin, but just the weight of this life that would so easily beset us. Push it aside that you can just embrace your creator my humanity, connecting to his divinity. That is what calls me to a greater cause, to his cause. Prayer, prayer of pulling, a pulling of my soul as an awakening of my mind is happening. Amen. As an awakening of my spirit, crucifying my flesh, that I could seek him in a more excellent way, freeing my heart freeing my mind so that I'm able to kneel in his presence and connect with him. Oh, that is my desire. That is the thing that I long for is to be with him. You, in this last day, it is my belief that we should be feeling a greater and greater and greater call to prayer. Why? Why, Sister Dakin? Because... It's getting closer and closer and closer time for you to be with him through eternity. Doesn't your soul long for him? Does your soul hunger for him? To know him? To sit with him? To be with him? Seek him. Seek him early. Seek him early while he can be found. Does that mean that I seek him early in the morning? For some. 
but it definitely means that you seek him before anything else. That you're seeking him and you have some corn in your, your crib, so to speak. So that before that thing happens, you've already prayed about it. You've already got some timbers stored up in heaven. But yeah, seeking him early in the morning. Seeking him. Walking after him. Searching. Searching for him. My soul, it pants for you, O Lord. Thirsting for another drop of that well spring for a refreshing in my soul. Are you struggling today? Are you struggling with your hope? Are you struggling with being able to walk forward? Are you weary? Oh, come to the well. Find that place of refreshing. Find that oasis in this desert land where you're sitting at the feet of Jesus. And he embraces you and he pours into you and he refreshes you and he restores your mind and he restores your spirit. Learning in prayer to walk and to feel after the spirit, not just fledgingly or sporadically feeling the spirit here and there, but walking day by day, walking in such a way that I'm in communion with him day and night. Oh, that I would wake up and I could feel a need and instantaneously connected with him. That I could walk through the door and I could feel the need of this one and the need of that one without having even spoken to them because I can feel the flow of the Spirit. Being at my home and having somebody's name laid upon my heart and feeling their need, knowing to call them or to text them, to reach out to them. That is what prayer does through our consistency, consistently connecting our humanity with divinity, abiding with him as he's abiding in us, realizing that by being consistent, I could be instant in season and out of season because I have positioned myself at a place upon the altar, upon his altar daily, early without ceasing seeking searching knocking thirsting for a drop of the water from the hand of my master laying between the porch and the altar for the souls that are lost and dying god needs you he needs your prayer he desires you he wants to spend time with you Are you there? Don't you want to come talk to me? Have you ever been sleeping and you hear the knocking? But you were tired and you had a lot to do the next day. Unfortunately, I've done that. God, forgive me that I would hear the knock again, God. And that I would, I would get up and I would hear the call. Desiring to be as the early church in Acts 17 and 6. Turning the world upside down. Having a ripple effect. Making the world bend to their will. Not them bending to the will of the world. I look at myself sometime. And I say, Davida, are you closer to glorification? Or have you regressed back 
towards the world? Are you closer in walking in holiness in spirit and truth? Are you reflecting back to the old man? Every day, every day, we must check ourselves. We must not be too arrogant and too consumed with ourselves, too prideful to think that that could never happen to us. Oh, God, if I ever think that, Lord God, smack me, Lord God. Get my attention, Lord God. Because when I start thinking that, I'm thinking too much of myself. Oh, God, that I would be humble before you. I want to make this world a better place. I want, Lord Jesus, this church to go forward and be the light that it's supposed to be. Oh, not that I would be hidden, Lord God, but that it would be upon a hill, Lord God, for all to see. Because this world is getting darker, my friend. Sin is getting greater, my friend. I'm not here to be sad about that. I'm not here to put doom and gloom on you. But I'm here to tell you that as this world gets darker, his children as they're praying, as they're humbling themselves, as they're seeking his face, they are getting brighter and they're getting bolder and they're getting stronger because they're carrying the message to change their world. They're making a ripple, being that light because we have a word from the one and true living God, much like Jacob in Isaiah 9 and 8, who consistently sought him acts 1 and 14 it says that all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication one accord in unity they all had their minds together to worship him to praise him to pray together continued they were consistently working and seeking after him praying praying Connecting humanity and divinity together in unity until something happened. Through their consistency, earnestly contending, persevering, being diligent, they ushered in the first outpouring of the Holy Ghost. How easy would it have been? They started as 500. They got down to 120. Some left because it didn't happen when they said there was others that they were consistent and they were united and they said there was a promise it was given god has given you some promises are you consistently knocking god you said if i knock you to answer you said that if i sought you lord god that i would find you that's what your word says god and your word cannot lie that's what prayer is knocking seeking searching Acts 6 and 4 says, but we will give ourselves continually, continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word, having a spiritual posture of being continual, consistent in prayer, earnestly, with passion, contending, being diligent. Luke 5 and 16 says, tell us that he, meaning the Christ, withdrew himself to pray. Other versions inserted frequent, often he went to pray, going to a place alone to pray. We see Jesus, our Savior, my Redeemer, your Redeemer, separating himself again 
and then again at the garden to pray. He, in what I believe is one of his greatest hours of earthly need, asking his disciples, those that traveled with him, those that, that ate with him and, and talked with him daily, they asked, he asked them, can, can you just stay with me? Can you just pray? Can you just pray for just one hour? Just pray. Just pray for one hour. Just one hour is all I'm asking. Surely we have time in our schedules. Sometimes I'm so convicted when I sit down and I start thinking how much time I don't have. And then I see how I've wasted time here and I've wasted time there. And I haven't sought him or worked for him or done for him like I know I need to do. Can you imagine this question? What is this Christian life without prayer? What is your life without prayer? What is my life without prayer? Without prayer. I can't even imagine. I don't want to imagine. What is my life without fasting and studying his word? His love letters that he wrote specifically for me. Serving and giving, forgiving. Without these things, then we are no different from anyone else in this world. We become devoted to life, a life of flesh that is void of the power of the Holy Ghost within. Oh, that I would sit at his feet. Oh, that I would not sit alone that I would have my brothers and sisters of Christ sitting with me in unity, contending, contending for the faith, sitting continually in prayer. Oh, God, that I would feel the weight of this hour and I would feel a greater call to consistency in my Christian walk, that I would be purposeful about seeking after the things of the Spirit, that I would be purposeful about my consecration. My consecrations to you, God, that I would pay the price with gladness of heart. Daily will I seek thee. Oh, that I would abide in you, Lord Jesus. That you would abide in me. That I would never walk this path alone, Lord God. Proverbs 8 and 34 through 35 says, Blessed is the man that heareth me watching daily. And my gates watching at the portals to see what spirits would come and what spirits would go waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoso findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. Are you watching? Are you watching in prayer? Are you seeking? Are you searching? Are you standing? Hallelujah. At the gates, at the portals between heaven and hell. Mark 1 and 35 says it in the morning, rising up at a great while before the day, he went out and departed into a solitary place. There, pray. Shaking off the heaviness of this life, being purposeful about my time with him, going to that place that is undisturbed to focus upon him before I ever feel the pulls of life. Having this sanctuary created in my home. A place that he is welcome. A place that's designated just for him. That I can sit and commune and talk and love him. 
I hope you have found that place in your home. You all need that place wherever you live, wherever you're at, that you have that place that is just designated to meet him. I tell you, I'll give you a promise, my friend. If you have that place and you consecrate it to him, there will be days, there will be moments that you will go and sit there. And guess what? He'll already be there. He'll be waiting for you. And he'll ask you, where have you been? I've been waiting uh, to be in his presence again. Hebrews 13 and 15 says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Have you ever asked yourself, why can't I feel Jesus? Have you ever asked yourself, why can't I feel him? There's a reason for that. What is the wall? What is the barrier that you have between you and he? What are you focusing upon? What are you magnifying? That is greater than him. He's always talking. Pick up your Bible and read it. It's a big book just for you of his words. But you know what? Check your consistency. Second Timothy 2 and 13 says that he, meaning our God, he remains faithful. So who moved? Who moved away from that, that position of humbleness and, and supplication? Who moved away? He's God and he never changes. I, I either have to believe his word, all of it, or none of it. You can't take piece by piece and say, I'll take this, but leave that. But ask yourself, have I moved? Have I moved away from my time with him? John 15 and 4 says, Abide in me and I in you. Abide meaning to spend time together day in and day out. Consistency. It brings that close relationship in your everyday lives as well in your, as in your spiritual lives. It's something that is so simple. Yet it is so very powerful and at times difficult to maintain. We must find time. We must make time. You must plan time. Amen. To be alone every day without distractions at a place that you've created to meet at his feet. Because it is at his feet that I know that I am changed. I know that I am renewed. I know that I am made whole. James 4 and 8 says to come near to God and he will come near to you. It has been a proven fact throughout all time that we are consistent in what we find to be important. We think work is important. We have a tendency to be more faithful to our jobs. We enjoy food. We're very consistent in eating. You have a great hobby, something you enjoy. You don't generally miss it. You're always there. So whatever's important to you, you will make time for it. That's been proven. Even in a world that we live in, consistency is expected. Demand it even from your employer. Demand it from personal relationships. How much the more should we have a mindset of consistency in our spiritual life? It emphasizes our faith over life experiences Faith that no matter what happens, he is God, and I will be found sitting at his feet. Is that your mindset? Oh, I'm going to be at his feet. 
how easy it is in this life to be Martha, to always be busy working, not just working in in the world, but even working and being about my father's business, just working. But you need to stop. You need to stand still. And you need to embrace your creator. And you need to worship him. Be consistent in your everyday prayer life. When you are, it causes the roots to grow deeper in your life. That consistency will carry me. It will carry you through that the different seasons of your life. And as you're going through different seasons, I told someone this the other day. Prayer is so important. Because as you're going through that different season in life, you get the opportunity to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Because every time a new variable is included, a new season is coming. And I have to adapt and change. And I show him my love. And he shows me his love and his affection and how he cares for me. As I trust him. That consistency, it's what kept Daniel on his knees when he didn't have the answer yet. It's what kept him moving forward and standing firm without fear in the lion's den. Trusting him and knowing that he is faithful. Faithful to those that diligently seek after him. I read the most exciting scripture today. It's in Isaiah. Oh, excuse me, it's in Psalms, excuse me. But it was in Psalms, um, I think maybe chapter 49. But it talked about how, you know, you, you had been praying and, and seeking. And, you know, that the psalmist was feeling like he wasn't being heard. I think it was verse 14. And he talked about, would, would a mother forget her child's milk? And he says, I've inscribed your name upon, upon my hand. That's God speaking. That's his word. He's not forgotten you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to talk with you. He's not forgotten. He loves you so much that he's inscribed his name, your name, upon his hand. I have found that as I have become more consistent in my personal devotions to him, that a work has been done in so many areas of my life because it is allowing him to change me into his image, that sanctification process, into his plan for my life, that sanctification process. My dreams have changed because now they are hopefully his dreams for me. My desires, they've changed. And now I find myself here in these last days Desiring to know him more. Desiring to search him more. We as the people of the name. As we humble ourselves. As we seek after him. We know what to do. We know to pray. We know We know that we need to seek after him. What's stopping? What's hindering? Just do it. Take the time. First Corinthians 15 and 58 tells us to be steadfast. And unmovable, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Realizing that having that relationship or the authority in the spirit 
doesn't just happen just because. If you see someone that's really anointed by God, you see someone that is prayerful, you see someone that flows in the spirit, that didn't just happen. They just snapped their fingers and it happened. Somebody didn't just throw their mantle on them. No. They labored for that. They sought that. They went through trial and tribulation for that. They were disciplined and they sought it and they went after it. It's been cultivated through hours of consistent relationship building with our creator, becoming and being intimate with our savior. Galatians 6 and 9 says, not growing weary and well-doing, but in due season reaping if we fight not. I don't want to be consumed by this world and the antics of the Antichrist. He just comes to try to distract you. He just comes to try to distract me, to wear me out. But something happens as I pray and I stand fast and I'm consistent as I seek him and I grow in him. I want to have revival. If you want to have revival, then let's grow into his image, seeking his face, seeking his way, and turning from this world and looking fully in his beautiful face. And then everything else fades away. God bless you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. Lord, seal up this word today in our minds. Seal it up, Lord God, in our hearts, that we would seek you in a more excellent way, Lord God, that we would seek you with clean hands and a pure heart, consistently, fervently, Lord God, searching you, Lord God, that we would be available for you when you knock. Lord Jesus, we love you and we worship you. God, give me a greater desire to seek your face, that my humanity would meet you day by day. Hour by hour, minute by minute, Lord God, that I could be used for your service to turn my world upside down. In the name of Jesus, many blessings to you, my friend. Until we meet again, whether it be on this earth or if it be in heaven, I'll be there. I want to see you there. Much love to you. God bless you. Good night.